We back, 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 back with another, another, another one. Jay, we are back with another Hidden Takes episode two. Today's date is November 17th, 2021. And as usual, viewer discretion is advised because you can't handle the heat. Get out the kitchen. And today we cooking up a lot. So let's get right to it, Jay. Uh, how you feeling today, man? We we got a lot of a lot of a few, a little, and a lot of things to talk about, man. How you doing tonight, brother? I'm doing I'm doing good, brother. I'm doing good. I'm happy to see you as always, and I'm ready to talk about some basketball, man. Because oh boy, did we see some great basketball uh, this week, and especially especially last night. So Jay, go ahead and go ahead and kick kick it off for us, and and let, let's let's talk about uh we, we whatever you you lead it, Jay. Let's talk about what what game you want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, let's get it. Let's get it right into it. I'm glad you're ready to talk about some ball. And and let's talk about, you know, the headlighter game, the game that everyone had marked down on their calendars, the game between, you know, two MVP favorites and that man, you know who he is, Kevin Durant and Wardell Stephen Curry the second. So let's talk about that game in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center, you know, prime time, 730 Eastern time start on, on NBA TNT. So Jay, t- tell me a little bit about what you saw from you know the current best team in the in the league, the NBA, the Golden State Warriors, and what could some would consider to that night before the second best team in the Brooklyn Nets. Tell me a little about what what you saw last night. I mean, that was a crazy game. A lot to unpack. Definitely, definitely, Jay. A, a lot to unpack, man. But let's let's go ahead and start on the on on the Warriors and the things, man. I think the first thing I noticed, like throughout the game, is how great of a job the Warriors were doing scoring the ball off off the off Nets turnovers, right? So the the Warriors had. 25 points off the Nets turnover compared to the Nets 10 points off uh, off the Warriors turnover. That was that was the first thing that I noticed off rip. You know, we know as basketball players, the the, the last thing you want to do is you know be turning the ball over. But you could turn the ball over and the other team converts that into a bucket. Man, that is how you either lose leads quick or that's how you you know you get you you gain a a really big lead, man. And uh, another thing that I noticed, Jay, was just the Nets. You know, in the first half, just could not keep up. Well, all game really couldn't keep up with the Warriors' pace of play, man. The Warriors have an extremely fast uh, pace of play, and it just, it just the whole time it didn't seem like the Nets were going to be able to, to 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 keep up with them. And I uh, throughout the first quarter, and the second quarter, I thought to myself several times, like, man, it's only in due time that the Nets just start making some mistakes, and 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 the Warriors start start running off with this one. And what I, exactly what I thought is exactly what happened. There came that third quarter, the Warriors. Kept kept their pace, kept the kept the pushing. The Nets couldn't keep up, man. The Warriors outscored the Nets thirty five to eighteen in that third quarter. Just extremely impressive, Jay. But before I but before I go on, talk to me a little bit about how what you saw in the, in the you know what you got from the game. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start. Yeah, you know you you highlighted a lot of things. I'm gonna start calling them the third quarter Warriors. I mean, <laughs> just just from from the tip, I just saw you know a determined Stephen Curry, you know, leading that bunch. Leading, you know, we always talk about the head of the snake. And then, the, you know, you were mentioning on the last episode, the head of the snake and then the body will follow. The rest of the troops will follow. You know, he set that tone early on in the game, you know, as well as Draymond Green, that they came ready to play. Their treat, I felt like that championship kind of energy, that finals energy. Whereas on the Brooklyn side of things, you know, I know they're missing Joe Harris, obviously Kyrie out. 
but I mean, so were the Warriors, you know, missing Clay, missing Wiseman. And, and the, the Warriors just from the tip uh, just seemed like they wanted him more than, than the Nets. But it was definitely, like you mentioned, a tale of two halves. And, and I mentioned like the third quarter Warriors because that's been the trend that they've had, you know, all season is in that third quarter, they're just dominating teams. That's when they're extending the lead. You know, they led by, I believe, you know, five or six points, you know, uh, after that Wiggins, huge Wiggins three. But I mean, no, I saw a lot, Jay. And a lot of it was was Stephen Curry. I know he he had an off game against, you know, you know, Steph had an off game against Charlotte uh, at Charlotte. What, what did he have that bounce back game? And that was really what I was looking for. Uh, and, and boy, did he deliver on the biggest stage. Uh, 12 for 19, nine for, for 14 from the field, uh, from the three point line. Uh, just doing it all. Assist energy, locking up James Harden for one possession there, you know, that sticks out to my, my, in my mind, uh, steals, blocks, can't say enough about him. But then I, I just look at, you know, talk about the role players performing, coming in, doing what they need to do on the, war, uh, on the warrior side of things. Jonathan Kaminga coming in, playing his role, as well as, you know, Wiggins, huge game from him, and then, and then Jordan Poole, and then the list goes on from there. And then on the Brooklyn side of things, just just to highlight them real quick, Jay, I just saw a team who just looked really disjointed. Um, a team number one, you know, credit to the to the to Steve Kerr and his game plan that he implemented there with you know that triangle and, and two. I mean, my goodness, that really just halted uh, the, what the what the Nets could do. But it really showed them missing Joe Harris, who. Obviously, they replaced him with Patty Mills, but I don't think that's a similar player. I mean, you can't really what Joe Harris brings to the team is, you know, kind of unspoken and underrated. So they definitely missed him having that extra shooter out there on the floor. But, yeah, I won't go on too too long about that. That's just some things I highlighted from there without going too deep into the stats, Jay. But we can talk a little bit more about this game, man. It was it was wild from the onset, though. That, that game was was wild, Jay. And, and you know, you you mentioned the role players, and I, I want to talk about my guy, A. Wiggs, man. Very impressive game from him, man. Like, uh, we, we, we you know, we've, we've come to see that Andrew Wiggins is, a, you know, the Canadian Mamba that we that hit people made him out to be, man. But he's really, you know, started to find himself a role and, and, really, and really be a role player. I mean, like, in this game, I mean, this game he had nine, 19 points, 60, uh, shot 63% from the field and shot 67% from three in my opinion you love to see that out of your third and fourth option you know like you're sometimes you're looking that for that for your second option and that's and if that's your third to fourth option man i think that that's you know that's a very impressive game and you know hope to hope that he can you know continue to can continue that role and then just to talk a little bit about the nets too like how you did jay you know i wouldn't like one thing that is crazy you know it's like Kevin Durant, you know, he had he had, he had did not have a, a good game. You know, he had a, a season low game, right? But the crazy thing is, right, KD, th- these great players, like no matter what they're having a bad game or a good game, like they still get to their shots. They still get to their spots, right? Like KD right now is averaging 18 shots per game. This in this game, he took 19, only made six. But what I wanted to highlight was just the amount of bodies KD saw. He saw GP the second. He saw Iggy. He saw Wiggins. He saw Draymond. It was just an endless matchup being thrown at KD. And, you know, great players like KD, Steph, LeBron's, the Giannis's, you can't guard them one-on-one. You got to throw bodies at them, man. So I, I definitely think that uh, not, not only did the Warriors just do a great job, but I think the, the rest of the league needs to take look into that and say, man, this is how, this is how we got, this is how we're going to have to stop these players, man. Because players like KD, you can't, 
You can't try to go one-on-one with them. Even if you put a P.J. Tucker or, you know, these defensive specialists, now nah, you need multiple bodies to throw at these guys to, to, to wear them out, man. But, but, but yeah, Jay, so what you, uh, you got anything else to add to that game? Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of it is being a, a star in your role. A lot of the NBA, you know, uh, for a team to be successful, you got to buy, be a star in a role, even if you're a role player. Um, and I think in terms of Andrew Williams, we're kind of seeing him, I think all along, like obviously he has a skill to be a superstar, but, but I think he just, that's just not in him. And he, he likes being kind of in the role and he's been thriving, you know, these past few games for the Warriors. And if that continues, man, boy, I think they're going to be a very scary team. You know, Jay, having, having talked about, you know, the Jazz and a little bit, sorry, excuse me, the Warriors and, and, and the Nets game, a little bit more about this. Um, and kind of, we, we, you know, we were going back and forth about, you know, the Warriors not, be see can they maintain this throughout the season not only that will they be a playoff team but kind of seeing you know obviously being 12 and 2 now uh with this record and kind of you know playing some a few few strength of schedule games you know the bulls the clippers and the lakers obviously um and that and then you can say the hornets twice my question is you is are are what you've seen to this point 14 games in are the Warriors for real after seeing the display last night? And uh, kind of just tell me a little bit more about what you're seeing from the Warriors. Absolutely, man. I mean, the, the Warriors are for real. That that that's something that people need to need to understand. They have a for real star in Stephen Curry that you know every team needs to to, to succeed in today's NBA. They have a for real bunch of role players that know their role and are able to are are able to execute it. They have a they have a great coach. So as far as if the Warriors are for real, like I absolutely. I don't know if I can put all my money into saying that the Warriors are going to be able to stay this dominant and stay top best team in the league and top team in the league only because, uh, you know, at, uh, as the as the season goes through, man, this is a very long season, a lot of a lot of ups and downs in the season. And I just I just don't know if if the the uh, they have some great role players, but I feel like if Stephen Curry was out, it would be it would be a, it would be a bit of a problem because I, I know that. I know Jordan Poole and other players step up, step up great. But the thing to me is it, they do, they do that because a lot of the defensive attention is on Stephen Curry. So it makes it a bit, you know, it makes it a bit easier than that. And that's just with, with any player, you know, you got such a great player. The defense has to, has to grab the gravity goes to the the greatest player. Right. So other players get, you know, open shots. So to answer your question, are they for real? Absolutely. Do Am I ready to put my money down on the line that they're going to stay with the best record in the league at the end of the season? I don't, I don't think so. Well, what about you, Jay? I think, yeah, no, I think they're for real. Um, I think they're legitimate championship contenders. And if you add clay into the mix, that's, you know, with clay, obviously, uh, I don't think personally they're going to rely too much on, James Wiseman, when he comes back, uh, I think it's going to be a bit of adjustment period. And I talked about that last episode, Jay, but uh, I think they're not going to rely on him. He's going to work his way into the rotation, eventually maybe starting at some point down the line. But uh, just the way that role players are stepping up, Kaminga, his emergence, um, Looney's been playing at a high level as well, doing what he does, being a star in his role as of late. Um, but I know I, I think they're a contender. I, I definitely have seen enough right to this point to not and obviously like you mentioned uh or you talked about with the star being out obviously a team's not going to be the same especially the caliber player of curry 
um, and, and the Lakers losing LeBron um, to this point for all that, that amount of time, any team's going to be, you know, not as good or perform to that level. So that's my only thing that I have to say on that. But yeah, no, I just wanted to get what, what you're saying on that, Jay, and, and kind of your thoughts about where the Warriors are at right now. Um, and then in terms of just real quick about the Nets, what are you, how are you feeling about them? You know, with, you know, Kyrie recruiting James Harden and, and KD, you know, actually KD first and then Harden not even being able to play. And they're kind of, if you look at their schedule to this point, uh, they don't really have quality wins um, other than, you know, against below 500, a lot of their teams, you know, they played the Bulls, they lost to them. Uh, they, they played other teams and other contenders and they've lost to them. But how are you feeling about the Nets to this point? The, f- the first two things I, I want to say about the Nets is, is, is one, you know, I, I, heard, I heard Shaq talk about this. Uh, you know, he says that on a championship team, everyone has to sacrifice from the top to the bottom. Everyone has to sacrifice something. And Kyrie Irving, you know, I get it. Speaking up for, you know, the people with not a voice and doing this and doing that. I get it. I get it, man. But you need to, if, if you, if the Nets came together on, on the, on the bearing and on the reasoning of, okay, it's going to be James Harden, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, not Kevin Durant and James Harden. They might've still teamed up, but they really, it was like, it was a definite yes because the three of them were all in, Right. And they were all bought in. And now, you know, the coronavirus hits, all this hits. And now Kyrie Irving refuses to take the shot. In my opinion, he needs to he needs to sacrifice his ego, sacrifice whatever he's feeling and take the shot because the Nets are better with Kyrie Irving there. So as as far as that, like, that's how I feel. But and as far as like the Nets team, I, I really think like I, I mean, I know some people may not may think this is crazy, but I think that the Nets thought this was going to be easier than it actually is. I think that they thought they were just going to roll right through people. And, you know, because they have James Harden, one of the, gr- the greatest scorers in this generation. Kevin Durant, one of the greatest scorers in every generation. You know, Kyrie Irving, and Ky- Kyrie's not playing. And then all these other role players, you know, Blake, a washed superstar. But now, you know, he's doing, he's playing a blue-collared worker now. You know what I'm saying? Doing that. Yeah. So so I, I just think I just think that the Nets thought this would be a lot easier than it is. And I think that now they're getting punched in the face. And it's going to take them. It's going to take them a minute to realize it. It's going to take a minute to realize it. And I think that now they're like, all right, well, this isn't going to be as easy as we thought. What yeah, do you think got, about them? They got that blue collar, that blue collar crew going, man. It's, it's kind of <laughs> hard. It's kind of hard to, to buy into that. Just He's like, knowing the star <laughs> level that, that BG camp comes from. But, uh, but yeah, no, Jay, I'm right there with you. I think that they, you know, I had the, the nets a little higher. Obviously I had them as my first seed um in the in the east but I just think that as far as how far the Nets will go I just believe truly believe you know Kevin Durant is one of the best players in the league on any given day whoever he goes up against so I think that he can take them as far as he wants to go especially in the east is you know there's a lot of emerging teams but I still think the west is better at the top and I think that as far as how far they can go is uh, is the performance of KD. Obviously, he didn't perform last night. And then Harden as well, because, you know, he's been off to a slower start to his standards, but he'll pick it up as well. And then they just get the, how to continue to develop those role players. And then I think they'll be fine and be able to stay towards the top of the East. But, yeah, no, that, that's just another question. I just want to highlight both of those teams who are kind of at the top of the division right now. Well, let's move it forward. Let's push it, keep it pushing to the next game of the NBA uh, TNT doubleheader. And that was the Philly 
Philadelphia 76ers and the Utah Jazz in Utah. Tell me your thoughts on that game, Dre. Man, just an overall dominant performance from the Jazz, man. You know, in the in the second quarter and the third quarter, the Utah Jazz outscored the, the Philadelphia 76ers by 15 or more points, man. I mean, as the 76ers, you just cannot be you just cannot be letting that happen, man. You know, and then and then really from when I say dominant overall performance from top to bottom, man, the Jazz bench came out and scored a combined 50 points, man, which is just which is ridiculous, you know, c- c- coming from your bench. I mean, your starters were working, the role players were working, the bench players are working and and the 76 is really just it looked like they just struggled to get stops on defense out there man like when Andre Drummond wasn't in there they had a it was a nightmare they had no matchup for hey hey Jay Jay not to cut you off brother but you know you bring up the defense and my question to you is hey who would help with their perimeter defenses getting stops and we talked about it on the last show yes Yes, yeah. he would. Ben Simmons would help him. Mm-hmm. Would help him, but he would hurt their offense so much more, in my opinion. In my opinion. But, but my drop pushback on that is they shot thirty six percent last night. They had, they, know, but 20% they had an off game. From three. A- yeah, absolute ob- terrible game. Obviously, they shot it. You know how to. But if you look back to last year when they played the Jazz, you know Ben Simmons had one of his best games of the season. Obviously, Joel Embiid was out to, last night as well as that. But no, I just I just wanted to see how you're feeling about you know is the Ben Simmons is are they a better team without him or, I'm, I'm still you know? I'm still on the other side Jay okay, I'm still, okay. still getting the hell see, out of here <laughs> I, I just had to do a temperature check on that Jay okay, okay, okay. all right all right but uh but, but yeah Jay so so man like they just they had no answers for Hassan Whiteside and, and and Rudy Gobert when Andre Drummond wasn't in there man and just and just really like that's all as, as far as on the Sixer size but the Jazz man it just was uh, overall great performance Rudy Gobert had four blocks or uh, four blocks that he got in the game got him all in the first half and you just saw like his defensive presence made all Sixers players just think so much more you know and if you could even get a player to hesitate to even think about coming into the paint you are you know you already won the battle man you you, you already got him beat um the start of the start right at the start of the second quarter the Jazz came out and really punched the 76ers in the mouth man got a 14-0 uh, run on them and then I, after that man it just it was just it, it was really downhill for them, man. Like how you said, Jay, just Sixers couldn't buy a bucket, dog. Like they couldn't buy a bucket. They like they shot 36 percent uh, from the field and 20 percent from from three, which is uh, just terrible, which is a, like horrendous. Uh, and shake shake Milton, you know, my guy, I picked him up for fantasy. Uh, shake. Yeah. He 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 led the team with 18 points. So, you know, I, that that's that shouldn't be who's leading your team. He's a great player. This shouldn't be who's leading your team in scoring, man. But. What, what are some takeaways that you saw uh, you got from that game, Jay? Yeah, just, I mean, there, there's not much to talk about in this game besides what you said, Jay. I mean, there was just a dominant performance from a Utah Jazz who I had predicted at the top of the West um, in, in our pre, preseason rankings. Uh, and, and just it, it goes to show, like, it, you know, you put can't put too much weight into the plus minus or have whatever you want to say for that. But everyone was plus. Um, that just goes to show you. And then you look at the Philly roster, everyone was minus. Um, so just, just, uh, just, a, just an overall, just slapping on, on that, that, on that side of things um, in that game. And not much really to, to talk about other than they need Joel and Bede to come back and they just really got to figure out that Benson situation, man. They need a lot of times uh, last night, Reggie Miller was talking about it. They just got to, they got to trade him. They got to find a way 
Uh, if it was like the Portland situation, if they want to ship him to Portland, get CJ McCollum because things aren't working out there and I don't see anything changing. And we talked about it on the last episode, but not much to talk about on that end. Uh, Philly just needs some help, whatever they need, just to change the scenery, um, get Ben Simmons out of there. Uh, and then Utah just showing their top team in the West, um, getting breaking that two game losing streak uh in a very very strong way so uh yeah jay let's uh let's shift forward to to the next game um and that is what we got the suns and the wolves let's talk and tell me about your thoughts about that game jay and what you saw in that game wow man that was that was a that was a crazy game very down it came very close down to the wire great game you know deandre aiden 22 22 points 12 rebounds devin booker 29 points on 43 percent from the field and 50 percent from three but and that's that's great but that's not who i want to talk about i want to talk about that man that you posted the other day on on the on the instagram he said you, you said true to it not new to it okay cp3 i want to give him a shout out man he had 21 points eight assists, but you know, that that's like, okay, what well, he had 21 points. He scored the least out of all those guys, but that's not what I'm talking. I'm talking talk about the fact that in the fourth quarter, he scored 19 points. The Suns really needed a closer in that. He scored the majority of his points in the fourth quarter and the Suns really needed a closer and he showed up, man. He showed up and showed up big time and did, and he really did what vets did, man. And just to highlight on the, on the, the wolf side, just D'Angelo Russell really, really just like kind of really let me down that game. Honestly, he, in my opinion, he, in my opinion, he lost him the game. You know, he, he had 22 points shot 33% from the field. He's seven of 21, but what's really most horrendous is he shot 10% from three. He made, he shot 10 threes and made one like, and but the crazy thing is, Jay, that's not even the worst part. To me, the worst part is that that Carl Anthony Towns, who was having a great game, he was feasting 35 points, 13 rebounds, 52 percent from the field, 55 percent from uh, from from deep, 90 percent from the free throw line. D'Lo did not feed him at the end of the game. D'Lo tried to take those to those late shots himself, knowing he's not feeling it, man. And that right there is the true signs of a bad point guard, a selfish point guard. And honestly, Jay, you know, I was very high when D'Lo came into the league, you know, for obvious reasons, you know, he was Lakers or whatever. But even when he sh- shipped off, I really liked him. I was like, man, he could be a floor general. He could be a point guard. But if this is how he's going to continue to play, man, take I'm, I'm taking my D'Lo hype out, man. I got a D'Lo jersey over there. I might throw it away. <laughs> Yeah, Jay. I mean, I always, I always thought that D'Lo, you know, being a Warrior fan, seeing what he does on the his, his nights he's going, he's got it going. He's a very streaky scorer, but when he's going, man, is he on? He's he's cooking. He's in his bag uh, with his herky jerky, you know, slow style of play. Uh, but then, you know, more a question I had to you is a lot of there was a lot of this chatter, Jay, and this chatter was about the Suns having. A plug and play, you know, I even talked about it in our last episode was a plug and play center that they don't really need DeAndre Ayton. The Suns are maybe uh, better off not giving him that max contract. But my drawback on that is after the performance he put up against the Suns, uh, sorry, excuse me, against the Timberwolves and what he did. Um, and then just his track record and what he's done before that. Like, do you believe that uh, hype of him not the Suns not needing him or they're not a better team without uh, without DeAndre? 
No, nah, I don't believe the hype. I think I, I they don't need DeAndre Aiden, but I think they're a better team with the they're a better team with DeAndre Aiden. Man, he showed his 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 dominance uh, not only in this game, but you know last year in the last year in the playoffs as he faced several several talented bigs. Man, and he was out there doing his thing, holding his own, and he showed that he could be a versatile big in this league. Young guy too, man. So I, I think the Suns would be crazy to 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 let him walk. What yeah. about you, Jay? Yeah, no, I think they're just a better team with him. Um, you know, he's—I don't think he's ever going to be the star or the focal point of the offense. Uh, but I think he's great in his role. Just being a star in your role is, like I said, to any successful team, they got to be a player's got to be a star in his role. And I think he's starting to accept that and you know know what he needs to do with the help of guys like C direction of CP3 and and D book. But uh, you know, talking about that, Jay is uh, just making me think. Uh, what are you feeling about the Suns right now? You think they they got another finals appearance in them? You thinking they're contenders no. <laughs> in the West, or or what are you what are you thinking? How how's the temperature on the Suns right now? I mean, no on the Suns. Sun- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> okay, Jay. Uh, yeah, uh, honestly, Jay, on the Suns, and I, I mean, I'm almost confident they won't have the run that they had last year. You know, like I, you know, you play who's in front of you. I'm not taking absolutely nothing away from them, but it's a fact of the matter. Almost every ch- almost every series they face the depleted team, which is I'm not taking anything away from you. But now that teams are healthy, I don't think that they're going to be able to have that deep of a, that deep of a, of a finals run. Um, I could I definitely see them make I definitely see them making the playoffs there. And, you know, second I think it's second round exit, you know, in my opinion, at, at, at best, man, I just don't see if they face another healthy team. You know, I, I just I don't see them being able to being able to go that deep. Well, but what about you, Jay? What's, what's your temperature? <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm I'm not feeling them as a team who's making it back to the to the finals. I think they obviously last year, last season, obviously you need fortune and and good luck on the way to a championship run or to, you know, getting to the finals at least. And I think they just got a lot of luck. One first round, uh, we can get into it, obviously, with the Lakers on so on and so forth. But yeah, no, I'm not feeling and I'm not high on uh, what the Suns can do this season. But Jay, let's let's talk. Speaking of the Lakers, let's, let's have a let's have a discussion about your Los Angeles Lakers, man. Um, you know, we saw what happened against the Bulls, which to me was, you know, a very embarrassing, tough, embarrassing. embarrassing performance against the Bulls. You know, AD, you know, I, I had talked about it to, to, you know, just a lot of a lot of friends. I don't, I don't think we had a chance to actually talk about this game yet, but I just thought at a point he just wanted to get ejected from that game you know mm-hmm. he was so frustrated and rightfully so um but talk about the let's talk about the lakers like are you feeling is it time to hit the panic button for the lakers man how are you feeling what's the temperature from the lakers expert and and like faithful himself jay how are you feeling about that <laughs> jay <laughs> well thank you i'll take it i'll take it but, yeah. but jay I, I don't think it's yet time to hit the panic button and this is why you know LeBron, LeBron James, the glue of the team, the guy, he's not, he hasn't been in there. He hasn't been playing throughout this absolute embarrassing stretch. When, when he, when he was playing was, you know, he was getting the momentum going with, with Westbrook and AD. And then, and then he, and then he went out with these injuries. Right. So, and then this embarrassing stretch started for the, for the Lakers were just losing games to teams that they just simply should not be losing to losing leads, letting players just blow, blow right by them. And I think that, I think that if LeBron was in there, he's definitely a glue that brings all that together, brings the team together, especially on the court. So I don't think it's time to hit the panic button. But 
there has to be a huge asterisk with this. It's not time to say, okay, well, LeBron comes back and we're good. That's, that's not it. There's tons of tweaks that need to be made on defense, but my sole reason to answer your question, if we're going to hit the panic button, not yet because LeBron is, is not back and LeBron is in LeBron isn't there. If LeBron was there and this is how we're playing, I'd be smacking the panic button like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but how about you, Jay? What are you feeling? Uh, yeah, no, there's just a few things. I think number one, you know, missing LeBron James, any team's not going to be the same, but here's my thing. I think that my concern was always Russell Westbrook, man. Like, would he be the right fit? And I think they're starting to see losing all those guys to the Wizards, all those role, pace, role players, especially as well as <clears throat> Alex Caruso to the Bulls, who we saw, you know, give that whole, yeah, <laughs> the bald eagle, whatever you want to call him, Caruso, you know, <laughs> the, the famed Laker himself. Um, losing those secondary pieces has been – looking crucial to them even a guy like Dennis Schroeder a scorer has looked kind of more effective in my opinion in his role than Westbrook and what we've seen I think a lot of times people get caught up in you know the box scores the stats but I think in terms of a player like Westbrook the stats have always been there but my concern is number one his IQ at times uh, he's obviously one of the most athletic players to ever play the game I'm not doubting that he's a great player uh, when he wants to be at times. But I'm just saying in terms of a fit for the Lakers, I'm still not sold on it. That was always my concern before. AD, if he's healthy, one of the best in the game. Um, LeBron, we know what he does. But they just got a lot of things to work out. And I think right now, there here's the panic room, to use a metaphor. Here's the panic room. Inside is the panic button. There's a door to get into that panic room, Jay. They're, they're I think the, the Lakers are right on the out on the door, kind of just like, hey, we, we might have to go in here and hit that panic button soon, soon. But we gotta we gotta give it time. I think you know we're only about 15, 14 games in the season. LeBron hasn't been there. We're talking about 15, 20 games and see where they're at. If, they, if something doesn't change and not not playing at the level that we you know we all thought before the season, including myself, they could play at, then. They got it. They got to slap that panic button. But for now, nah, I'm not. I'm not too worried about it. Concern, not worried. Okay, let's shift it to the next next team, the defending, the reigning champions. I got a question for you about them, the Milwaukee Bucks, sitting as the 11th seed, not even in the playing game right now, Jay, at six and eight. Obviously, they battled. They've had injuries to you know Drew Holiday to begin the season. Chris Middleton has been out. Uh, with with COVID protocol and, you know, had actually had COVID and is getting back into conditioning. You know, Giannis has missed some games through injury. Brooke Lopez hasn't been healthy, <laughs> as you know, <laughs> on your fantasy man. team, Jay. Jesus Christ. Uh, you've been battling a lot of injuries, my guy. But, uh, yeah, how are you feeling about the Bucs? Um, sitting at the 11th seed, definitely not what any of us had expected to this point. Is it time for them to hit the panic button? You know, I think that – I think that they're – they're like a little bit 
like right like behind but next to the lakers and, and right ready ready to open up <laughs> okay, the door okay, okay. but it's not time to hit yeah, the panic yeah. button just yet and because of the reason that you you listen you know drew being out you know drew just actually came back and now he's got to he's got to you know got got to get himself going got to find himself chris middleton you know getting uh getting covid and now being out with, with, with the protocols like that like that makes it that makes it tough and brooke lopez with the back injury the man's only played the first game of the season and and hasn't hasn't played since then and you know when you look at drew chris and brooke that's i mean the majority of their offense right but i mean besides excluding Giannis, of course that's that's the majority of their offense and defense to be honest because brooke is such you know such a great uh uh rim protection and drew is such a good uh perimeter uh, perimeter defender man so that's why i think that it's not yet time to hit that button but I do want to say this, though. I don't think the Bucs should be expecting a deep title run like they had last year because their team, in my opinion, got significantly worse, right? Like signing uh, uh, Simeon Ojale and, and letting P.J. Tucker walk, like that's, but that's cents on a dollar, in my opinion. Like that's cents on a dollar. So I, I just think that they're not going to reach that finals like how they did last year. And because just like the Suns, they face, it, they face some pretty depleted teams as well. And they got, you know, again, you play who's in front of you, play who's in front of you. But I just don't think that they should be expecting that deep of a title run. But I mean, to use your metaphor, Jay, they're, they're right there with the Lakers. <laughs> they're right there like, hey, should we open the door right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, nah, I mean, Jay, yeah, I'm right. I'm right on, on there with you. Like you look at the teams who are, are in front of them, the Cavaliers, um, to name the, the Hornets, the Knicks, uh, even the Celtics. Those are teams who just out of the 10 teams in front of them, even the Raptors, 10 teams that I don't think are going to finish ahead of them once they got at least, you know, semi-decently healthy roster. So I'm really not ready for them to jump right into that panic room, <laughs> uh, that fame panic room with the Lakers yet. So uh, let's see them. Yeah, let's, let's give them that 10-game, 15-game window um, after this to, to see where they're at. But uh, yeah, yeah. Just wanted to see your thoughts on those two contenders that we all have that had before the season. But let's let's get into my next question for you, Jay, which is who is your way too early coach of the year um, pick and why? Tell me like a little bit about the team, why you have them um, and what what coach kind of comes to mind when, when you think of that question. Okay, I got two. I got two, and I'm having a hard time choosing between the two. So I'm, I'm gonna just tell you both of them, and you let me know which, which one you kind of feeling more. So first, I got is the, the I, I got the Wizards coach, Wes Unsell Jr. Man, I think he's I think he's doing he's doing a great job, man. Because not only did you know nobody expected the Wizards to to be you know sitting at the top of the East, you know. 15 games into the season, but like a real reason why I really want to have him as the coach of the year is because like, it's not like their roster is extremely talented. It's not like their roster is like, wow, we're just head over head over heels, um, head and shoulders above everyone. You know, I, I just, that's not what it is. I don't even think they have a better roster than the bulls who sit in the, who sit in the second seed. I don't think they have a better roster than, I definitely don't think they have a better roster than the nets. I don't think they have a better roster than, than the heat. The, the 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 Cavs, you you yeah, they have a better roster than the Cavs. I wouldn't say the Knicks. I think the Knicks have a better roster than them. I think when the 76ers are healthy, they have a better roster than them. So to me, what that shows for them to be there is that the coaching, right? It's coaching. I'm not taking no credit away from the players. The players are hooping, man. The players are doing their thing, playing together as a team. But I think that a lot has to do with, with the coaching, man. The, the coaches implemented the right systems and implemented uh, the right plays that he thinks that is going gonna, is gonna to work for his team. 
So that's that's who I got as one of my options. And my second option, I got that guy over there in the biggity biggity Bay Area, Steve Kerr, man, because right now he's got the Warriors leading the entire league in assists. He's got the Warriors ranked fifth in fastest uh, fastest pace right now in the entire league. And the, and the thing about and the thing about style is right, like you, you, the players they you know they 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 could do what they do out there, but styles coaches implement that. Coaches look in, up and down their roster and look at, okay, what are my players' strengths? What are my player weaknesses? Every coach except Luke Walton does that. But, uh, but they, 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 they do that and they decide, okay, how should we play this game? And I think, and I think that, you know, Steve Kerr has looked at his roster and said, okay, my team is fast. We're going to play with this fast tempo. But then he has them leading the league in assists. And yes, the players are out there throwing the pass, but I promise you, Steve Kerr has drawn up so many plays and has so many uh, plays just at practice and you know going on in the huddle that he's that he's telling to these players, man. And it, and it takes a great coach to be able to spot your team's strengths and weaknesses and use it to your strength and to be and to be having your entire team leading the league in uh, in assists. But uh, who you got, Jay? I think I know who you got. Jay, man, you I, I, now I, I had. I had one person in mind, but now that you gave me both of those great options and you kind of just explain the debate and the reason for both, I'm just kind of torn between the two. But but right now I'd give the edge. If today we're choosing, you know, hypothetically, today we're choosing, I would give it to Steve Kerr just because, like you mentioned, all those things, uh, he's putting them in positions to win with with the talent. Uh, he's We've seen them come from the worst team in the league two years ago to almost making uh, the playoffs, being in the playing game, obviously losing to the Grizzlies, and then now being the best team in the league, you know, playing at such a high level. Like you mentioned, all those stats, the third-ranked offense in the league, the first-ranked defense, throwing, you know, different strategies, different game plans, triangle and two, junk defenses, uh, the continued ball movement cuts, just all this continuity that we're seeing from his team and the high level that they're operating at uh, has been optimal and the reason I give it to. But if I could do a co-coach of the year with Wes Unseld, you know, taking over that r- roster um, from Scott Brooks and, and just making them a contender right now, this early in the season, I absolutely, know, you know, we're talking about today, if we're choosing our award, man, it'd be him. Steve and then Wes is like right under him, man. But but that's just who I got. And I just wanted to feel out like who we got because it's obviously way too early to, to decide any of that. But um, we got so now we talked about the good coaches, but let's shift it to kind of the good with the bad. And who's who you got uh, on the hot seats for the coaches? Like who's the first coach that comes to mind? Our first few coaches who are on the hot seat of getting fired and being out the door um, with their organization. Man, first one that's it's been on my mind for the last couple of years. He should have been fired. Luke Walton. I don't know what he is doing in Sacramento. He has the fastest player in the NBA in De'Aaron yeah. Fox and decides to run a half court set almost every single time down court. He has three point guards in, in Tyrese Halliburton, Davion Mitchell, and De'Aaron Fox, which I heard there's some chemistry issues going on over there. And as a coach, you need to get that hashed out. You need to get that fixed out. And I, and honestly, his lineups are just they don't really make sense. Um, I, I, I seen this clip the other day that came out with uh, Marvin Bagley literally refusing to go in the game. Like he waved off the uh, Luke Walton called him and he waved it off. And like, as a coach, not only do you need to nip that at the bud, but you need, you, you, 
you can't have your players that unhappy, man. So they're, they're, they're just going to literally say no to you, to, to you seven, the men, man. And, and the crazy thing is Jay, <clears throat> this is for years due, man. Like for probably like two years, he should have been gone out of Sacramento. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't have any other coach to be real besides him because that was just right when I seen that question, Jay, you know, Jay, Jay shared the script with me. And I'm like, okay, I see that question. Boom. First one I filled out, Luke Walton, get him out of here. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I agree 100%. Luke Walton has been on the hot seat for what feels like years now. Um, I'm just waiting for to see that update that Woj up that Woj report seeing <laughs> the, the Sacramento Kings have parted ways with Luke Walton because you know I never want to be the type to you know we don't want to be the type of guys to to go for ask for anyone's job to be taken but I mean at a certain point like Sacramento what are we doing like you got some talent to be successful at least kind of mid middle of the pack to play in game conversation I mean you're right there now but I think you've lost, he's lost them games that they should have won. They, they're six and eight, sitting at six and eight in the 10th seed right now. I think they could be at least, you know, eight and, you know, seven and seven or eight and six, you know, flip that, those two games. And I think, yeah, just like you said, his rotations, what he's doing, man, it's easily Luke Walton. I was going to say Steven Silas too, but I mean, they're, they've got young talent there. Um, that they were already knowing that they're going to develop. Luke Walton's in much more of a hot seat. So, and I can't see any other teams, you know, really hot firing uh, I think their, I, their coach right now. I think, I think it's, it's, it's a, it's, you could put it on paper. You could put it on wax. If they don't make the play in, he's getting fired because he's already on the hot seat. If he doesn't make the play in with that team, man, that's a problem. That is a problem, Jay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, that's true. The play in, I had them. I believe, you know, right there in the playing game conversation competing. So he's got to do it or he's gone. I think he's got to like maybe the all-star break, maybe even sooner um, until he's out the door. Cause I just think everyone's questioning it. You'll see people question it, but you just got to watch the game. The proof is in the pudding. He did, this guy is kind of clueless when it comes to his rotations, giving Alex Len more time or Tristan Thompson more time than Rashawn Holmes. I, I don't know, man. I just really don't know. But we don't get too caught up on that, man. Let's shift it to kind of a fun question. Um, and, and off the top of your head, Jay, uh, who who is like, you know, we got to get too in-depth with it. Who is your top five all-time, you know, starting lineup? Top, starting, sorry, excuse me, starting five uh, lineup. And this could be, you know, disclaimer. This is not your top five of all time. Uh, this is who anyone in the world challenges to a game of five. You're coaching. Who you got as your top five, your starting lineup of any all-time players? Who you got, Jay? Who, okay, who's I, who's I like your starting that. five? I like that. I like that. And it's positionless. Fun Position is basketball. Just going with the theme of today's game, which is really, you know, positionless, positionless basketball. So what you got in your top five? Starting am, five. I, am I starting one? I'm gonna have that boy LB James. I I gotta have LeBron at the one. Okay. At the one. At the one. Okay. LeBron is a great, okay. great point guard. At the two, I'm gonna of course have to put the uh, everyone's proclaimed goat, uh, Michael Jordan. I put Michael Jordan at the two. Great, great, great two. Uh, at the three, I gotta run. I gotta run that boy Easy Money Sniper KD man. At the four, I have to run Timmy. All, all fundamentals. Ooh. And okay. at the five, I gotta have Big Diesel. Shaq for the dominance. Let me hear yours, Jay. Jeez. Wait, who'd you got? Who'd you have at the two? 
At the two, I had Jordan. Jordan, okay, okay. So we, we were we were pretty similar, Jay. Um, besides, we we on the one. So at the one, I got the goat shooter of all time, Stephen Curry. Um, no surprises there. At the two, I have the goat, in my opinion, Michael Jordan. At the three, I got the Slim Reaper or the Easy Mother Sniper, whatever we, what you want to call it, Jay. Kevin Durant, you know who he is. You know who he is. <laughs> and we agreed on the last two, though. Um, I got Tim Duncan at the four, um, Timmy D, and then I got Shaq the Diesel at the five. Just because, and disclaimer, this obviously isn't my top five. This is just my lineup of who I think could would succeed just based on, you know, their skills, their qualities, and what they bring to the game of, of overall lineup. So that's who I got um, in terms of mix. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, hey, for, for all for all the fans, if you if you guys are on, you know, on YouTube, on uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever, man, uh, if you're on YouTube, comment down below. Who, who whose team do you think would win uh, a game? You know, Game Seven, my, my team versus Jay's team. Uh, Jay, just just go ahead and, sh- and 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 shout your team out real quick so the people don't gotta don't gotta rewind one more time. Say your team. Yeah, Steph, MJ, KD, uh, Tim Duncan, and the Diesel Shack. Who okay, you got? Okay. I got I got LeBron, I got Michael Jordan, I got KD, I got Tim Duncan, and I got Shaq, man. So for all the fans, man, make sure you comment down below and comment down below your your all time starting lineup that 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 you would have. All right, Jay, I like I like that question. Jay, changing changing things up a bit, okay? Yeah, yeah. My boy, my boy. All right. Yes, sir. All right, all right. That's that's what's up, man. So all right, Jay. So you know, as we close out here, uh, you know what we always like to do is we like to talk about the games for uh for the the following day, which is gonna be Thursday, November eighteenth. First game that we got of the night, Jay. We got your Warriors going against the Cavs. Who you got on that one, brother? <laughs> I got <laughs> I got I got the Warriors, bro especially but especially the Cavs are you know a dangerous team especially on their home court so I'm not taking anything away I know any team is going to give the Warriors their best game on any given night but um with Evan Mobley missing I think the Cavs are really going to be hurting you know he's going to be out two to four weeks is what they're saying so I think yeah definitely Warriors with that in that game what you got Jay I, th- I think you disrespect my boy Ricky Rubio Jay <laughs> no I'm just kidding hell no nah. I got the Warriors on that one too Rubio's a boy <laughs> all right yeah. here we go next next game on the night is we have the 10 and 3 Washington Wizards versus the hot Miami Heat mm, man this I, I just I, I have to give the edge to the Wizards just at the level they're playing at right now. Don't know the health of, you know, Jimmy Butler or Bam. You know, they're all game time decisions and they've been, you know, Jimmy's been out for a few games. Bam's just battling that knee soreness. I know this because he's on my fantasy team, but obviously we're just up to date on news. So now I got the Wizards just to continue that run of success. And uh, yeah, that's who I got. Who you got, Jeff? I got I got the Wizards too, man. These game time decisions is not those those Dang don't make it. me feel those don't make me feel too uh, too too secure, man. Nah. All right, Jay. So the next game is we got the Memphis Grizzlies versus the Los Angeles Clippers. What you got on that one? I got the Clippers. Um, they've been playing at a, you know a pretty high level as well. Paul George putting together an MVP. Uh, race MVP numbers himself. He's making a claim for it. So yeah, I got the the Clippers in that one. 
Okay, I, I, I got I got to go with the Grizzlies on this one, Jay. I, I think I think my boy John Morant is tired of losing. You know, they got out to this hot start, man, and it, it's kind of just kind of slowed up now. And now they're they're at a seven and seven record. So I think the think that Jaws tired of this losing, man. So I'm gonna Grizzlies on that one. Uh, next game we got we got the San Antonio Spurs versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. Wow, what a bad game! <laughs> <laughs> Shout out my boy Cat. No, um, I think I think the. Man, that's a bad bull. Uh, <laughs> that's the bad bull. But uh, no, nah, two young teams. But I'm gonna give the edge to the to the T Wolves in that with their three. Um, I think we're starting to see Ant as the alpha, as I predicted before. Cats um, kind of taking a back seat to them. I, you know, but what you got, Jack? You got. Yeah, I, I I got the Timberwolves, man. With with Cat Ant. And I'm not even gonna mention D-Lo's name anymore. So with Cat and Ann, I think <laughs> I think they got it, Jay. Malik so Beasley. Gotta, <laughs> Malik Beasley, yeah. Come on, man. All yeah. right. So next game we got Jay is the 76ers versus the uh, the Denver Nuggets. That's gonna be a good game, Jay. Yeah. Um, you said it. I, I'm gonna go with the Nuggets, Nuggets? in that one. Uh, just just because the Joker. Just because the yeah. Joker. And Absolutely. the head of the snake, the rest follows. Um, I just love love the way that the the Nuggets play and play off of him as kind of just their point center, point forward, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, Jay, I got I got to go with the Nuggets too. If Andre Drummond and the 76ers couldn't handle Hassan Whiteside and Rudy Gobert, can you imagine how they're gonna do with with uh, the reigning MVP and Nikola Jokic, man? So I got to yeah. go with Nuggets on that one, man. Sixers got the wrong AD, man. <laughs> they got the wrong ad for real all right jay so last game of the night is we have your home not not your hometown but you know your temporary home over there to six we got the raptors going against the utah jazz we got taking that one i got the jazz uh, i think they're playing that they're they're riding that wave uh, of last night's win um and, and i just think they're just going to keep it pushing uh this the on the road too, if I believe, if I'm correct, uh, the Raptors are going to struggle, especially you know playing in well higher elevation in Utah, but just a great home environment, a home team to play against. So yeah, I got the Jazz in that one. Yeah, I got I, I got the Jazz taking that one too, man. The Jazz has been on on a, on a dominant streak, man. After watching that 76ers game, I'm just seeing them just play together as a team, man. And that's 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 what you do to win games, man. So all right, Jay. Well, yeah, we got a good slate of games coming up. Yeah, man. No, it's exciting. And then real quick, they're going to be seeing this the next night. But just for our viewers, who you got, what will be, uh, I guess, after in that Bucks and or which is tonight, um, you're going to be seeing this tomorrow. Um, but who you got in that Bucks and Lakers game that will be happening tonight? Man, What's your prediction on that? You know, I, I the Lakers haven't been playing too great, man, but. I just can't. I can't go against him. <laughs> I can't go against him. And I think. I think. Uh, I think AD's feeling a little bit of, of anger from you know that, that terrible, terrible, embarrassing game. I think the Lakers as as overall team is, is not going to go for that. I mean, we talked about it on the on the on the last pod. We said in the NBA teams don't tend to really if they make one mistake in one game they really double back and make sure they get that mistake right the the, the next time. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Lakers on that game. But who you got, Jay? I think it's gonna be a battle. Uh, the the uh sorry the bucks are going to be at home though so Giannis I know is going to be you know he's got that target on the back he knows it he's ready to defend home court I'm gonna go with the bucks in this one I think it's gonna be a close game 
love seeing AD and Giannis going at it. So I know it's going to be a good game. I just hope it lives up to the expectations. Okay, so by the time the fans hear this, they're gonna they're gonna see if, if who who who's who's wrong, who's right, right Jay. <laughs> they're gonna yeah. see who's right, Jay. All right, man. All right. Well, Jay, this this go this wraps up our uh, episode two of Hidden Takes. Great episode, my brother. And uh, for all the fans, man, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. You know, just you know, a little, a little shorter episode, just talking about some NBA news, some NBA games, and some stuff that we get, some stuff that we got in, in our minds. Because honestly, yeah, we just two brothers just talking about hoop and we love coming on here on the pod with you guys so for all the fans man don't forget to like comment subscribe if you're on youtube man make sure you smash that subscribe button aj hey, go go ahead and run off the sub 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 <laughs> sub 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 yeah yeah sub and we appreciate the support uh as usual um and, and yeah man nba basketball is here here to stay let's get it Yes, sir, man. So don't forget to follow us on Instagram, man. It'll be right here and in the description down below. Get at us, man. We out of here, y'all. Clutch Talk out. Doses. D'Angelo Russell. Yes, sir. Yes, oh, sir. Yeah. I, was yes. Still thinking, I was still thinking Rockets players. All right, my bad. <laughs> no. I said Akeem for the first one, so it threw me off. I was that, like, that, that, that's I was like, like he went to the – when did he go to the Rockets? Like, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That, that, yeah the, the first one is always throwing them off here. But all right, all right, here we go. Jenner's on a, Jenner's on a tear, man. All, all right, right. Let's, let, let, let's, let's do this last prayer here. This last player, he is a 11-time All-Star. A one-time All-Star Game MVP, four-time NBA First Team member, a seven-time All uh, All M- First NBA Team defense, a two-time. Yeah. What was that? Was that a guess? Uh, no, 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 no. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was just saying, damn, like seven-time All Defense. That's crazy. Yeah, two-time gold medalist. Uh. Rookie of the year. Okay. This guy has zero wings and got real close to getting a ring.
Can I ask? Can I ask for a sub hint on this one? Go ahead. <laughs> Did he get really close to getting a ring as a primary player or as an option on a team that almost won? Mm. What is this? I think I know. I mean, you could you you I I, I you you could go both ways. You you could go okay. both ways. It, I, I I you could. I don't think he was a primary player on the on a championship team. Okay. But some some could. Um, okay. He's uh, known to be a, a great team leader. A is it Chris Paul? It is Chris Paul, Nima. Yeah. <laughs> it is Chris Paul. Oh, for Nima. sure, he's the main option. So I-, I was thinking Tracy. Yeah, I was thinking yeah, Devin, he's the main option. Devin Booker. Yeah, no, no, no but but CP3. I mean, he was a starter. Like Tracy McGrady lost to the to the to the Heat when he was on that Spurs team. But like Tracy McGrady on the Spurs wasn't Tracy McGrady that we know and love. Okay. So that's why I was thinking like, was he a primary option? But CP3 for See, sure. I, mean, he I was, was a starter. I was thinking Chris Paul until you said that last hint of uh, what was it the. The like, is he a primary player? Yeah. Or, no, no, no. It, it was, it was the, is he a primary player? And then I started thinking, like, is it Kyle Lowry? And then, <laughs> oh yeah, I thought Lowry, but no rings. And, and yeah, and then I was like, but then no rings. And then I was like, and also, and so I just got really confused. But yeah, I mean, Chris Paul. <laughs> okay. I'm I- telling you, if Abe, hey, and and no offense, but if if he uh if he stays healthy, I don't think I don't think the Warriors win that ring. Um, <laughs> Ooh, Jay Hill. Hey, but 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 yeah, no, nah, nah, but that's the thing. Like he, I, I whatever he says, I just have to take it because he actually got to see them win the ring. We didn't win a ring, so. Jay, Jay Hill, <laughs> hey, hey, Jay Hill, rebuttal, real I, quick. Rebuttal. I can talk all my shit. All he has to do is just show me the ring. And... Hey, no, no. I mean, realistically, <laughs> the momentum that they had, it's hard to argue it, but. It's thanks, man. Thanks, man. So I think this is a good place for us to go ahead and hear and end it, man. Uh Nima, we want to thank you, man, very, very much, you know, for you uh, coming on here, making time. And as 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 we saw, you're extremely knowledgeable uh Rockets fan, extremely knowledgeable <laughs> and just NBA fan, Nima. So we just want to thank you, man. And for all the for, for, for all the fans, I want to make sure that you know before we sign out of here. All the fans go check out go, go, go check out your pod, the Gen Z Rockets pod, man, and go check out all, all, all your work, man. I'm gonna uh, for all the people watching on YouTube, I'm gonna go ahead and put your Twitter uh, right there and write in your little bubble so everybody can uh, can can go follow. But do you have any last words you want to say, Nima? Uh, no, man. I appreciate y'all having me on here. This is a lot of fun. Um, you know, always love talking about the Rockets. Always love talking about the NBA. Uh, I'm really excited for this season, the off season. <laughs> so damn long uh, <laughs> it is a very long off season man so jay hill you got any last words before we uh sign off here nah nima appreciate you coming on great guest and appreciate you talking rockets jenner what about you yes sir now i appreciate you man it was lots of fun you obviously know a lot about the rockets so it was exciting to have you on and just appreciate your time brother Yes, sir, man. So if all the if, if all the fans are gonna make make sure to go follow Nima, make sure to go follow us on our Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, man. It's at Clutch Talk One. I will put it right here, right in this little bubble, man. So you guys can go ahead and, and uh, go follow that, man. So uh, if that's if that's all out the way, then we can go ahead and sign off here. So we out here, y'all. Clutch Talk out. Peace. Peace.